to welcome back everybody to the Hangout in the Holy Land, the official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com, your premier resource, your free resource for all things Ohio State Buckeyes. I am your intrepid host, Matt Brown. I am the managing editor and proprietor of this here Ohio State website. Uh, I am joined, as almost always, by my, my colleague and uh, Mr. Colton Denning out in beautiful Colorado. Colton, what's good, buddy? Besides the spot, of course. Of course, the spot is always great. And speaking of beautiful Colorado weather right now, it's been in the 70s all week, so I hope you and our listeners are enjoying whatever winter nightmarish hellscape that they're in right now. Basically, it's been pretty solid weather almost everywhere right now. It's been in the 60s. Uh, here in less than beautiful Prince George County, Maryland, uh, where I'm recording today, um, you know, got, got, got to do some hiking, uh, you know, hanging out in the apartment with the windows open. And of course it, it's probably a sign that, uh, you know, our, the climate is spinning out of control and, and eventually where I'm living now will become flooded or become some kind of dangerous hellscape. But we're not going to think about that stuff right now. Instead, honestly, too, if Washington D.C. gets flooded, is that a is that a horrible thing? There could be worse things, dude. As long as I'm not living here anymore, <laughs> I, look. If if, if we want to postpone what we're actually going to talk about, and just launch into a 20 minute spiel of the Washington D.C. haters club, I'm happy to do that because that 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 is a topic that I am happy to drop whatever I'm doing and and just take on at the drop at the drop of a hat. I think I think this place sucks, but. We're going to pause on that for now because, you know, normally around this time of year, it's it's kind of nice. I think if you're an Ohio State fan, you, you get a chance to kind of catch your breath a little bit. Recruiting news, there's a, there's a ton of offers that are going out right now. But between you and me, if you're not a recruitnik or if you're not somebody that really wants to be just super plugged into this all the time, you can kind of tune out a little bit in February and come and join us again for around like spring practice. Like if a kid if, if outside of commitments – it's not as important because so much changes. Uh, and that, you know, you, generally then before spring ball, you've, all you've got are the beginning of, of other Ohio State sports and basketball, uh, but, you know, b- before kind of the, the football machine goes up again. And it's a little bit of a more forgiving calendar, I think, than the end of football season. Unfortunately, as, as all of you listeners know, this Ohio State basketball season has sucked. Uh, I, I I don't think, other than maybe one year of Ohio State hockey, this is probably the single worst team, period. Not just worst basketball team, but worst team, period, that we've seriously covered uh, at Land Grant. And that's kind of an unusual thing because, I mean, one, we've been hilariously spoiled during the Land Grant era over the last four years. Uh, just in terms of, of athletic quality, the football team has been you know competing for a national title Basically, every year we've been doing this, Ohio State's other sports from baseball to lacrosse to women's basketball to wrestling have all been very strong. Hockey's kind of eh, up and down a little bit, but, the, but the, you know, they have an outside chance of making the tournament this year. But this basketball team has really kind of followed the trend of the last really four years where it's gotten a little bit worse each time. And now, you know, at this point, we're really not talking. Forget the NCAA tournament. That's not going to happen. They're really not even close in, in, in what's been a, a pretty lousy bubble. There's a chance they may not make the NIT, and and I don't know about you, but I, I wouldn't be that broken up about it because I don't really enjoy watching them. And it, it's harder and harder to kind of grab positives, I think, given the, the where the direction has gone. I, I think it's it's not inaccurate, and correct me here if I'm wrong, Colton, but I don't think, you know, judging the temperature of the fan base, I think it's really somewhere between 
really being disappointed and angry to just apathetic. And that's part of the reason, honestly, we've written less about this basketball team this year isn't because we don't have we don't, we don't care. I mean, that we don't care or that we don't have opinions about it. It's that you don't care. You don't read those stories. This podcast probably not, will not get as many listens because people just jumped off that. What is, what is your temperature, I guess, right now? How do you feel about the state of Ohio State basketball? Gosh, I think for the most part, apathetic is probably the right word. And for me personally, probably just disappointment because you brought up how this time of year is usually the time where you can, if you're not completely locked into recruiting and the off season before spring practice starts with football, this was a time in the late early two thousands and even five years ago where people could just dive right into Ohio state basketball because they were at the top of the big 10. They were winning the big 10 tournament. They were making uh, very good NCAA tournament runs and and like you said in the last four years it's just slowly each year declined to where we are now and, and I can see why people are, are very apathetic about it but I think disappointment for me is the right word and we're going to get into this there's a lot of reasons for that I think it's not just the coaching the lack of development the uh, inability to bring in a star player since D'Angelo Russell and have good recruiting it's all of those factors combined into one another and when all of that happens and it happens for three or four years you get a season like this one where outside of Rutgers and as we've said before on the show Rutgers doesn't count you're the worst team in the Big Ten and, and the worst team in a bad Big Ten this is this is as, as a collective conference this might be the worst the Big Ten's been in four or five years and and you're and you're right. The Buckeyes have not managed to win a game by like more than five points, six points since before Big Ten play started when they when they clobbered Youngstown State. You know, a couple of those games have gone Ohio State's way. A couple of them have have gone the other way. But there there's been no ability to hold off a team, close anybody out, or sustain a kind of lead. I, I don't even I you know I don't I I have to look this up. I don't think Ohio State's led anybody by more than like 13 points, 14 points, all Big Ten season. Uh, That's not good. Yeah, I, I, I think it might have been like a Minnesota game, and then you know the Gophers reel off an eight-no run. Suddenly, suddenly it's a basketball game again. So this this is this is a struggle. I'm with you. I think I'm a little bit more towards the disappointment side because this was not a team that was supposed to suck. This this was a veteran team uh, uh, on most levels. They returned almost all of their major contributors from last season, and one that was expected to compete for an NCAA tournament bid. And now they've, they've taken a big step back. And it's not – I don't think it's necessarily because, oh, the players, like, haven't improved. Like, that's that's been the um, – kind of the line on Mata. And I don't think it's entirely fair or t- tells the whole story. Like, Trevor Thompson this year has improved. He's one of the better big men in the Big Ten. He's gotten better every year he's been at Ohio State. And, I, you know, for on, on some level, I think Tate has a, has, has, a, has improved as well. It's, the, the trouble is that I think you got a couple of guys – that are just limited, right? Mark Loving is not going to somebody who you should depend on to lead your offense. He's somebody who can rebound the ball, who can you know defend bigger wings, and doesn't create his own shot very well. But as a, as a, you know, he, he could be a, like a David Lighty or, or a, you know kind of guy, you know, someone who's your your third offensive option. You have Tate, who plays with a bunch of energy and is, is fun to watch and is likable and is. Uh, you know, four inches too short for the kind of position that he plays and he can't shoot. You lose your best defender. You have your, your point guard who's banged up over the course of the year. You, you know, you, you have some injuries, you have some transfers, blah, blah, blah. We've talked about all that ad nauseum. So the big question that 
as you know, at this point, after Ohio State blew a very winnable game with some questionable officiating, but still, you shouldn't be in this position where that's an issue anyway. Blew a questionable game to a bad Nebraska team at home to put their NIT hopes really kind of on thin ice. The the question that we're starting to see asked a little bit louder now is, what do you do with that model? So we can get into the reporting, but I, I and 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 kind of where we are right now. But but just gut check right now. You're in charge. Would you prefer Ohio State go with Thad Mata again for next season, or would you prefer Ohio State go in a different coaching direction? I would prefer that Ohio State stick with Thad Mata, at least for another season, and I think that you can approach this multiple ways. One, the the optimist way, and say that, yeah, they, they have been bad this season, and a lot of those factors that we talked about have been the reasons for that. Also, I think that they've had a little bit of tough luck. I want to say if you go on the, the Ken Palm site that they're in his adjusted luck rating or or just overall luck rating they're 306th in that and so that doesn't excuse some of the things and some of the poor play that they've had this season but they've had bad bounces go against them and I, I think that there's a path for them to be able to to get back to at least being a tournament team next year and, and maybe that has to do with bringing in some of these more talented uh, state of Ohio kids in next year's class and then hoping some of the younger players that aren't getting as much time this season take that next step for development but for me the biggest reason to not fire him is I think at this point he's earned it he, he's earned at least one more chance given his history at Ohio State and I think too that it's just who who are you going to go get for this team right now that would be a major upgrade that can take the program to the next level in the next two seasons. And and maybe that's a better question for somebody else that's more plugged into basketball, but I just don't see that option right now of getting somebody who's, who's just justifiably so much better of an option than Thad Mata for this team right now that you can just say, okay, let's, let's drop the hammer on him. And I I don't think he deserves that. To, to To your first point in terms of deserves, I think I agree. And this is always a difficult conversation to have when you're dealing with somebody who's been so successful for so long. Like, d- depending on um, how you feel about Fred Taylor, Thad Mata is either the, the best or the second best basketball coach in Ohio State history. He's the reason that, like, there is uh, there are Ohio State basketball fans, like, around my age, right? Like, I know, growing up in Columbus, when I was a kid, like, the Buckeyes sucked. Like, I mean, like, sucked way worse than, than this. Like, like I'm talking, like, lose to come to Sunbelt Conference USA teams and then, you know, win four Big Ten games in a league that wasn't as good. You know, under 500 kind of suck. So, like, as a kid, I, I followed Cincinnati. They had they had Huggy. They were, you know, a top four seed. They were by far the better program. Or you look at look at national uh, programs. And and uh, the success that he's had has, has elevated Ohio State. Of course, then you have the program that has – declined over the last four years attendance has plummeted fan interest has plummeted i think i would imagine readership for ohio state basketball stories not directly related to thad mama's job status in general have have, have decreased across ohio state internet so like it's, they're definitely you've taken this big step back let me answer your other question here with another question because this is probably the single biggest disagreement within the land grant like newsroom over the last couple of days do you think Ohio State basketball is even a good job? I, I think you can make a case for and against it because there's been times where Ohio talent in the surrounding states 
have been good enough to say that, yeah, this is a very good job. And also there's been times where I think factors not only limited, not only that, but also with interest in the football team. And, and quite honestly, I, I think that a big portion of Ohio State fans – and I'm not absolving myself of this, are very fair weather when it comes to basketball, that it's easy to support the team when they're doing really well and going to Elite Eights and Final Fours, but when they're losing in the second round of the tournament even, or losing in the first round of the tournament, people just say, eh, I'll wait until they're good. So maybe that doesn't have a lot to do with the job itself, but at the very least, it's got to be a top five or six Big Ten job. I don't think it's worse than that. You know what? I think it's a lot better than that. Uh, if you had asked me, like, 1997, is Ohio State basketball a good job? And eh, not really. But but th- th- this is my argument why I, I think it's appropriate to set your expectations a little bit higher. So here's this is what Ohio State, in the year of our Lord, 2017, offers as a basketball job. Number one, you are part of an administration that offers one of the single largest, most well-resourced, developed athletic departments in the entire country. There's nothing financially, that a major sport is going to lack at Ohio State. You play in a gigantic arena. Now, an arena that's probably 3,000, not probably, it's 3,000 seats too big, at least. But you play in a, in a large, modern arena at a gigantic campus where you're going to make $3 million or close to it and have the money that you need for recruiting travel, for quality assistance, for, for any of the other logistical things that come with that. You're going to play in what is... It's not this year, but has typically been a top two or three-ish conference in the country. One that's going to place five to seven to eight teams in the NCAA tournament every single year. You play in Columbus, which, and we don't talk about this a whole lot, because Columbus is by far, like, you know, not the, the, the top place for football recruiting in the state of Ohio. It's behind Cincinnati, it's behind Cleveland, it might be behind other places, but it is a a good basketball city. The the high school talent in Columbus proper and the surrounding suburbs from Dublin to Upper Arlington to Pickerington to Gahanna is produces multiple division one players a year. And, and, you know, Ohio state has not locked that area down as well as it needs to, but you're, you're in a place that produces multiple good kids. And if you can't get everybody you need in Ohio, you know, that's going to get, there's going to be, you know, multiple blue chip dudes in the state of Ohio, you are close enough and have ties where you can go to Chicago and you can go to Indiana and you can go to Michigan. Like there, there are, this is not football recruiting where there's this, you you can't get enough kids in the Rust Belt. Like in, in, in basketball, there are enough of those good players. The only big drawback, and there's recent success. Ohio State as a program has won Big Ten championships recently. It's gone to the Final Four not that long ago. It has, you know, it's been a little while, but it, you know, it wasn't that long ago when Ohio State had the best team in the country and competed for a national title. Now, I don't think that competing for national titles very regularly is a realistic expectation at Ohio State, given where college basketball is right now. If Ohio State wins one national title before I die, I'll be happy. Like I, that, that's that's not a place where I expect them to be. But a team that can regularly can be in the conversation for a Big Ten championship. I think I think that's possible, and um, it's it, you know it's it's a job where I think you could get like a better coach than like Leon Rice or something to to fill this. The the big drawback, and this is not insignificant, is this is a football school. It's the second most popular sport at Ohio State is Ohio State football recruiting, and as the Blue Jackets are getting better, 
uh, and as other things are getting better in Columbus, as, as it's becoming a bigger city, you have to fight for that oxygen a little bit more. Uh, and if you suck for a couple of years and Ohio State's next coach isn't very good, then, then yeah, the, the wind out of the sails of the program can, can, can really be dropped out a little bit. So there's, there's some more pressure. And that's in part because of, of Mata's growth. But, like, if Mata left, you know, for not, – not fired, but let's say if he, like, retired – I, I think good coaches would, would, would be in conversation for this opening. This is a job where you can win and win relatively big, in my opinion. And getting, getting into Mata, I want to get your take on this, and maybe this is something that we, we need to research. Is there any precedent for coaches kind of having a second run when they've been at a place for so long in college basketball? I know that in college football, we're, we're seeing that with Bob Stoops, where when OU was going 8-5 and five or 9-4, and four, you could hear some grumbling out in Norman of people saying, well, he's been here for too long. The program's kind of stale. Let's make a shift. And now in the last two years or three years, Oklahoma's really kind of turned it back up to being the best team in the Big 12 and a national contender going to the playoffs two years ago. Is that even possible in basketball to kind of get that second run? And is there any precedent for that that you can think of off the top of your head? The only one I could think of off the top of my head is Jay Wright at Villanova. Right, so around 2004, 2005, Villanova was was really good, finishing in the top 25. They, they had a in 2008, 2009, they were, they were kind of in that conversation, and then they uh, the the wheels kind of fell off. Like Villanova was under 500 in 2011. They uh, they barely made the tournament in 2012. You know, there there were I think some whispers about what was possible at a relatively small you know Catholic school, uh, and then they win the national title last year. Uh, and, and they're not, and they're doing it without recruiting like a Duke or a, or a Kentucky. But McCronin maybe at Cincinnati, you know, he almost left last year. His offense has been butt for for most of his career, and, and now Cincinnati is pretty good. But it, it is a little bit unusual. And I think that's true in, in, in football as well. You know, if if you if you rise up and then fall, you don't. I mean, the 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 history would be against Mata or a coach like Mata, despite being really good getting back up there and, say, making another Final Four. It's possible, but it doesn't happen that often. So what's it going to take, not only next season, let's say that Ohio State does not fire Thad Mater, he doesn't leave, what's it going to take for them not to not to get to where Villanova is and win the national championship, but get to that point where you're saying competing for Big Ten championships and kind of where they have been in the past? You know, I'm interested to hear what, what maybe some listener feedback would be here. Let me walk you through, in my opinion, what is the optimist's case for Ohio State basketball, right? So so this year sucks. Like, forget it. Like, well, I'm going to even assume they don't make the NIT. They're, they're banged up. They may not care that much. They, you know, lose to Penn State or Indiana, lose, lose in Washington, D.C., whatever. So, so next season, you're going to have a different-looking roster. I would guess that either Jaquan Lyle or Trevor Thompson do not come back next season. One of them as an older prospect and, and you know, coming back and, and maybe getting like, an, like a 10 or a 12 seed in the NCAA tournament, like, you know, I, I'm going to go to Spain and make $250,000 and, you know, do, do it like Deshaun Thomas and, and, and LaQuinton Ross did and, and leave. So then you're, you're kind of a, a weird mix of older guys and you have experience on the wing and then, uh, and potentially some nice depth at, uh, at your power forward and center positions. But, some inexperience and, and really unproven production at point guard. Uh, 
I would not. I mean, Ohio State brings in Caleb Wesson next year, who is a high four-star guy, has had a really outstanding high school season. Um, somebody who's really strong, I think, can give some post-scoring that Ohio State has not had dependably, dependably for the past couple of seasons. But I don't think he's a program-saving recruit, especially because I think probably needs to lose a little bit of weight and improve some defensive awareness, uh, but, but, but could be a, a, a good rotational player. For, for next season. So, like, it's hard for me, even as, like, a super optimist, to look at, like, next year's projected team, unless Ohio State gets, like, a, a super stud recruit, which is very unlikely, or a really productive graduate transfer. Like, I think your, your ceiling is first-round exit. If you can keep Mata around after that, the 2018 recruiting class for Ohio State looks really good right now. The number one basketball prospect in the state of Ohio, Darius uh, Baisley, 6'7 swing man, high four-star kid, out of Finleytown, Ohio State commit. Number four, number five players in the state of Ohio are Ohio State commits. Dane, Dane Goodwin is somebody who I think who's recruiting might jump up a little bit. He's like a really high three-star right now, but he's just like demolishing everybody in Columbus. Uh, he can actually shoot. Uh, Justin Arens can actually shoot. Uh, you know, he's another high three-star, you know, low four-star wing kind of guy. And the Buckeyes, if they want to get Dwayne Cohill or Jerome Hunter, other, you know, combo guard, wing, four-star guys, they could probably get one of those guys. If you're bringing in four out of the top five kids in the state, plus Caleb Wesson, plus whatever Derek Funderburk becomes, plus whatever Andre Wesson becomes, even as, as the, 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 the seniors transition, you could have either their freshman year or their next year a very good basketball team. But that's a cut. That's multiple years down the road here. And I don't know if you're going to be able to keep this coaching staff and the administration invested, especially if the Buckeyes struggle next year, which is kind of what I think that they're probably going to do a little bit. That's that's the optimist's pitch. Do you see it going different? Do you, do you, can you can you talk me into a more rosy colored scenario than that? No, I, I think that that's probably the best case scenario. And it's it's going to be a path and it's going to take at least a year and there's going to have to be patience. And I think the things that I'm looking for for improvement for them next season are just more general stuff where they, they need one of those guys on the inside, like you mentioned, with post scoring. That's a big issue for them. They need somebody to be able to, to at least get consistent buckets inside the paint. And secondly, where they've really, I think, fallen off is the imprint and the identity of that modest teams, even even the ones with stars on them that could score, has been defense and playing tough defense. And you look this season, they're 76th in adjusted defense per Ken Palm right now. And where would this team be if they were playing at a top 50 level? And I think that that's been one of the big reasons for this drop-off that, you know, they, they have their problems scoring, but if they were able to play defense at a level that they were able to four or five years ago, then they would definitely, I think, be at least a fringe tournament team. And I, I don't know if that's coaching or just talent or whatever it is, but I think it, it starts with if they're going to get back to at least being a team that can make some noise in the Big Ten tournament and possibly make the NCAAs, is being able to play tough, good defense. And I don't know how that happens, but I think that that's, that's my easy answer to what they need to do and just like a, a quick hot take, I guess. My, my thinking is, is that this is more of a talent issue. And the offensive issues, I think, play a lot in the, what's the word I'm looking for here? The, the general enthusiasm for the program. Like, this is not really fun basketball to watch. 
you know, Ohio State hasn't been a good free throw shooting team in several years. They haven't been a good three point shooting team in several years. They haven't been an especially efficient team in a couple of years. But you're also right. Like that's also coupled with a decline in consistent defense. And you know, if you if you had Bates D up out there, I think this is a different story. And maybe a couple of those, you know, one two three point losses. Your Illinois, your Minnesota, your Florida Atlantic. God, that happened. <laughs> like those those games flip and and maybe this is a different conversation but it, it is frustrating to, to kind of backtrack a little bit here you know i think i've been talked off the ledge a little bit for firing thad Mata. if you had asked me a couple of weeks ago i would have said ohio state probably should have done it there's precedent for ohio state athletics to fire very successful coaches when they are no longer successful it happened to cooper it happened to earl bruce it's happened you know to other football coaches albeit with scandal <laughs> which which it's not for nothing has been noticeably absent from Ohio State basketball. This is it. And, and, and to be honest, it's probably part of the reason recruiting has struggled a little bit. There's been multiple players that Ohio State has recruited heavily and probably led for. And uh, because they were outbid or because other coaches were less willing to follow some of those rules that Ohio State has, uh, they didn't get it. So, you know. Bully for Ohio State, I guess. You know, that's something that I, I care a little bit less about, but it does mean you don't get harmful sanctions. Roll tide. Roll, roll, roll tide. Right. Got, got you got to, you got to get some bag men or something. So, so anyway, I, I think I, I have been a little bit more excited about about future recruiting than, than I was before, and I don't, I, I, I don't think the problem is as much coaching as some bad luck, some really bad evaluations. A horrible recruiting class a couple of years ago. I mean, where everybody left, and then they had to take a flyer, some flyers on kids that probably wouldn't be good enough for Ohio State. But I, I, I I'm, I think I'm okay with, with with going one more year here, as long as like fans are like, you know, don't expect more than than just getting into the tournament. We mentioned how bad the Big Ten is as a whole right now. That kind of makes it easier to take that optimist point of view as well. That it's not like where it was a bit ago where the Big Ten was just stacked deep. You look at Indiana right now, they may go through coaching changes. They're 15 and 13. Uh, Michigan is 17 and and 10. I I don't know if they're a lock to make the tournament. I don't know if they're going to need to make a deep run in in the Big Ten tournament, but they haven't played at that same level. Michigan State hasn't played at the same level. So I think right now it's easier to see Ohio State crawling back up because other teams that are kind of in their position as well have to do the same thing. That's yeah. I mean, I'm looking ahead for next year. Maryland's probably going to be the favorite. Shoot, man, Northwestern might be like a preseason top three team in the Big Ten for 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 next season. Wisconsin's going to be up there. I guess Michigan State will be up there. But like, there's room uh, for Ohio State to, to to move up. Illinois is probably going to go through a coaching search too. Uh, there, you know, that might throw their recruiting class into into flux a little bit. Maybe Ohio State can benefit. There's there's a lot there's a lot of you know, there's 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 a lot of variables here. I I I'll close this with close this with this, right? I think it is reasonable, given where Ohio State's been and the resources that the Buckeyes have, to expect a good basketball team. It's not fair to expect a a basketball team with the caliber of your football team, unless you're willing to you know make some ethical changes that I don't think Ohio State is willing to do. Um, but but you should have a football basketball team that's better than this. And I'm okay with them losing if it's in the service of something greater. If you're trotting out a bunch of freshmen and sophomores and you're just saying, go figure things out and have growing pains and there's some recruits coming on the way, I'm okay with the team potentially even being worse than it is. I think the fact that this is a more veteran group you know, that, that was supposed, we're supposed to be building towards this year 
uh, has made this season a bit more galling for me. But I, I, I think, I, yeah, you know, if, if a listener wants to give me a really passionate, compelling argument that Archie Miller will definitely come here and you got to let that Mata go, uh, I'm willing to listen to it. Like, I'm, I'm not willing to dismiss that out of hand like I was when you get those same messages like two years ago. I think I'm, I've been talked back into, into Ohio State should keep Mata for one more year. Yeah, and just to wrap it up, I, I don't think that either you or you and I are saying that it would be like a great travesty if at the end of the season if they if they just finish out and kind of play listless basketball and essentially lose out. You know, I'm not going to blame Gene Smith for just saying, you know what, we might as well just pull the trigger now. I, I think it would be a terrible way for it to end given given modest history. But if that's a decision that they ultimately make, I think that him and, and the coaching staff and some of the mistakes they've had on the recruiting trail and with development of talent justifies that as well. So I think you can look at it from either side here, but I do think that there is a path to getting at least back to close to where they were. Well, we're going to – the next month is going to be pretty interesting. There's, you know, there, there's, they're going to have a difficult out-of-conference schedule set up for next year there's going to be some questions about their future there's going to be some questions about players transferring or or leaving early or you know right now the Buckeyes I don't think are slotted to have a 2017 scholarship but one could certainly open up we will be covering all of that as it happens Luke Zimmerman and I will also be at the Big Ten tournament it's be, it's being played here in Washington DC so we'll be there we'll have some Facebook lives um we're, we're, we're going to ask some questions when Ohio State inevitably uh well maybe they don't you know, we'll ask lots of questions if they win the Big Ten tournament too. Uh, but we'll be, we'll be there to follow along with those press conferences and uh, to follow up with the things that you are interested in, along with, of course, other big Ohio State news that's happening over the next couple of weeks. The women's basketball team is excellent. Uh, they're playing their best basketball right now at, I think, just the right time leading into the Big Ten tournament. Ohio State baseball is back in action. Ohio State hockey is in, is uh, competing here for a potential postseason spot. Ohio State lacrosse is undefeated. There's a lot of positive things out there. So don't get too down in the dumps about men's basketball being butt. And, get, and go outside, for God's sake, man. It's warm. It's, it's, it's almost springtime. Go for a hike. Get it, you know, don't, don't at us. Uh, the sun is good. The sun. Actually. This, actually, the sun, like the spot, is good. So I'll, I'll leave you here with that. Of course, check out our website. LandGrantHolyLand.com. Lots of stories every single day about all things Ohio State. We've got some fun videos some uh, uh, about Ohio State recruiting and some other stuff on our Facebook page. So like LandGrantHolyLand on Facebook.com. You can follow us on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can follow me, Matt SBN, and you can shoot me an email if you have a question, a comment, a concern, something you'd like us to delve into on this podcast at Matt.Brown at SBNation. Colton, do you have anything else for these fine people? No, that's that's where I send all my concerns. Dude, uh, I, I get a fair amount of concerns these days <laughs> uh, at, this, at, at this email account. But if, even if you send me a really mean, hateful email, uh, I will I will respond. Uh, I respond to almost every single thing that I get. So I'll leave you here with that, everybody. Uh, I'm looking forward to your comments and feedback here about the state of Ohio State basketball and what should happen here with Mr. Mata. In the meantime, thanks for listening. And go Bucks.